Hello, and welcome to Deadline Scene to Scene podcast. My name is Valerie Complex, and I am the associate editor at Deadline. And wow, this is a really overwhelming and joyous experience for me. Hosting a podcast like this has been something I've always wanted to do. And I'm really grateful for Deadline for allowing me to be able to do that. Uh, If you remember, Deadline had the new Hollywood podcast that was hosted by uh, Amanda and and Dino, who were fantastic, phenomenal hosts, but they've moved on and they're growing, they're growing their brands and, and who they want to be in the business. And I have something here that is a little bit of an extension of that, but also very different. And I want to let you all in on a little secret about the Scene to Scene podcast and what you guys can look forward to on this show in the future. But pretty much Deadline Scene to Scene podcast aims to give a platform to any up and comers uh, or established uh, folks in the film and television industry. You know, we, we are gonna welcome all different types of opinions and perspectives. I just want people to know that we're open to challenging any and all tough topics and stances. And, you know, this isn't going to be your average interview podcast. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff with all types of people. And we're going to make sure that everybody has a voice on this podcast. And the goal here is uplifting and celebrating others' accomplishments uh, and celebrating the progression of, of diversity and inclusion especially when it comes to women and people of color. We're all about that here. But again, we want to make sure we hear from everybody. So I hope you guys uh, join us in our bi-weekly journey. And our first episode is really kind of the bomb here because Jessica Henwick is like the next big thing in Hollywood. And I had to have her on the first episode because one, she does dope work. Two, The Matrix Resurrections is coming out and she's one of the prime stars of the film. And I got an opportunity to interview her and I want you guys to listen in as to how open and candid she is about her career and her experience working on The Matrix and how she views uh, women in action in Hollywood and um, you know how she's making and staking her claim in the action genre. So take a listen in and stay tuned. Thank you, Jessica Henwick, for appearing on the first episode of the Scene to Scene podcast by Deadline. Uh, How are you feeling right now? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for choosing me for the first episode. I feel very flattered. Um, You, you, man, you are busy. You are busy. And we love to see it. We love to see a queen busy. You, the Matrix is coming out. The Matrix Resurrections is coming out next week, and then there's Knives Out too. And man, you just have so much going on. How does it feel to just be sort of in the thick of things? Yeah, it just trying to keep my head above water. You know, it's a lot. I just finished doing some additional photography for Gray Man. I, I have yeah, I have the Matrix coming out, and then a couple months maybe two off duty before I'm back in the next press tour so it's a lot but I'm excited to get the projects out there finally you know a lot of things were delayed because of COVID and 
it's nice to finally show people what I've been up to. <laughs> and, you know, The Matrix is like a huge, like one of the biggest franchises in cinematic history. How did you feel when you got the call that was like, oh, you're in? Well, when I got the call, I was actually, I was standing on the side of the road waiting for my Uber. (laughs) And so I just saw an unknown number and this driver had circled me like three times. We just could not, we, we couldn't get it together. And so I picked up and I said, yeah, like I'm standing on the corner of da 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 da. I'm outside the 7-Eleven. And then there was just a really long pause. And then I heard Lana Wachowski's voice saying like, hello. <laughs> and then she she asked, she, she said, do you want to be in my movie? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a lot to take in. I was obviously so thrilled, but I, I also had to find my Uber. <laughs> <laughs> so many things going on at once. I know that must've been like, overwhelming but also like a joyous feeling to know you're about to be a part of like cinematic history and when did you find out the specific role that you were taking did Lana tell you like outright or did you like get the script and see uh the role of the captain pretty much so when I auditioned it was just with like dummy sides uh, one of one or two pages and, and there was almost no information and then they invited me to go test with Yahya in LA and I think that's when they sent me the full script which is surprising for a film of this level you often have to just sign on blind but Lana was very open like no I want to I want I want to know your opinions and she wanted to question me at the audition so uh, it, they were pretty forward with the details of my character. Did training for the role begin like right away or was there like a a series of of rehearsals and runs before you get like right into the into the thick of of training? I had so the first thing that they make you do on a film like this is a stunt assessment like a test. Mm -hmm. Yeah so I almost as soon as I got the role within the next week they made me go to this big warehouse gym next to LAX uh, and the stunt coordinators were all there. And, you know, Chad Stahelski was there. Chad actually doubled Keanu on the original and he's obviously now a phenomenal director with the John Wick films. And uh, he was kind of just standing back watching me next to Lana and they were talking very quietly throughout, throughout most of my stunt assessment. And it's just basic things like, okay, how do your kicks look? How do your punches look? How quickly can you pick up choreography? How much choreography can you choreography can you pick up before your brain starts to fry? One thing that I remember they they would do is they would teach me an entire routine, like, okay, you're gonna do a left, you're gonna do a left hook, uppercut, you're gonna go under this, this haymaker, whatever it is. And then they would say, okay, now do the entire routine on the opposite side, go. And you would have to then try and go through your memory and go, okay, so that becomes a right side, that becomes a left side. Uh, And I guess I passed, I passed the assessment and I started training pretty quickly. We had Christmas break, so I went home for that. and, And then after that, boom, we were straight into filming with San Francisco. And do you, do you have a foundation in martial arts or is that something you picked up later in life or, um, you know, no. where, where does that stand in your life as far as, you know, training? Yeah. And stuff like that? I, I, I really don't see myself as a, as a good martial artist. I think. Really? Yeah. What? 
like a lifelong pursuit, you know? And I have so much respect for the people who do it. And it just takes a certain type of person to have the wherewithal to do it. And I just, I, I'm too impatient. So for me, I don't think I'm a good martial artist. I just think I'm a good copycat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I was growing up, I used to do dance and that's all that is, you know, it's just learning choreography. So that definitely helped me get as good as I have. Um, with and I know like, you know, when you were in Iron Fist, everybody was like, wow, like, you know, she's the best part of the show and she's got the moves down and everything. So hearing this is, you know, kind of surprising and, and, and actually, you know, thank you for, you know, being honest about that. Cause I know some people are like, well, you know, I've been in the game for years. And so. Um, yeah, no, it's attainable. It's like, if you see, if you see that and you, if you, if you're watching Iron Fist and you're listening to this now and you're like, that's so cool. You can do it. Like go to a class, sign up. It's never too late. I, that was my first time doing martial arts in a really long time is when Iron Fist came knocking. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you have the willpower, it's totally reachable. And yeah, I wasn't even good at martial arts. I was just, <laughs> I was just doing what they told me to do. So there you right. go. And can you talk a little bit about your character in The Matrix and what aspects of the character do you identify most with if you have to pick some of those aspects or elements? Yeah. So I play Bugs. Bugs is, I think, really easy to identify with for all of us. She kind of is the audience's eyes in, in to the story. Um, she's a fan of the Matrix legend. We like the Matrix films. She's a fan of Neo. We like Keanu. Uh, yeah, when we begin the film, she knows all the history and she's just convinced that there's more to the story to tell. And it's that kind of single-minded obsession that throws us down the rabbit hole this time around. And what was it like working side by side with Lana Wachowski, which when I watched the film, I could tell that everything that's there is intentional. Like nothing is by accident, you know, and it's sort of just like, everything all at once all the time and it's like brain like overload but she she's talented and knows exactly what she wants to see and wants others to see so what was that like yeah I think the way Lana approaches is it approaches filming is this interesting mix of as you say very intentional choices and then also there's a fluidity to it um we had some of the same crew from the original Matrix and they said, you know, you used to be go onto the set and Lana and Lily had drawn storyboards and you could literally count, the, the armorer told me, you could count how many extras were gonna be in the background of a scene because wow. that's how specific the storyboards were. And so he would know, okay, I gotta go get seven handguns out of the truck because in the storyboard, there are seven people and lo and behold, she would, she would follow it to a T. Both of them would follow it to a T. Uh, and I remember hearing from those same crew members how surprising it was, the, the changes. Lana doesn't storyboard now. She doesn't rehearse. Uh, she doesn't even like you running lines. She doesn't even like you really discussing the characters. She just wants you to know, know everything top to bottom and then come there ready to play. And... Lana kind of takes the same approach. She she always wanted to play. She would she would come in, look at the light. It was very keen on natural light. Okay, I'm going to shoot it this way. There was no there was no discussion. There was no 
Um, there was no formula, but she's obviously been living with this world for many, many years now. Uh, I can't remember, she did tell me once how many years before the film came out, the original, how, how long it was in her head for. I think it was another 10 years before that. So say 30 years. Wow. She knows this world more than anyone. Um, so I, I really did just give myself over to the process and over to her. And, and I, I saw myself as kind of a vessel for Lana to just do whatever she wanted with. Mm -hmm. and, and was there a lot of wire work involved? Like I, I know like training and doing groundwork is a completely different beast from like getting, you know, tapped into a harness and flung around like this, you know, this, the ceiling. Uh, what was that like? Because I see you have, you know, you you did a lot of different stunts here. Um, and I'm just wondering what that process was like. Some some real dope shit in there that I saw. So I'm Thank curious. you. Thank <laughs> you. That, honestly, that stuff was the hardest. I I don't think I have good air awareness. Like I'm I'm afraid of heights. I get quite bad vertigo. And so if you put that, honestly, give me a fight scene with 30 people. I have to fight off. I will take that any day over jumping off a building. Um, it, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And it was a struggle. And Lana liked that. She really wanted each of us to kind of confront our fears on the film. And she was always pushing us to the limits. But that for me really was, was difficult getting into, the, getting into the harness. And what was your internal process to help you sort of get over those hurdles with height and, and things like that? Honestly, I tried to just not think about it. And <laughs> cliche, but don't look down. Don't look down. I, I tried to just tell myself it's all about perspective. Because I bet to the people who were on the ground, I didn't look that high at all. But obviously, when you're up there, you feel like you're about to die. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I tried to just kind of stay open in the moment and breathe, but it didn't work. <laughs> it looks great on, on screen though. I just letting you know, I saw it in IMAX and it looks fantastic. So whatever you saw, I didn't see. So <laughs> I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the state of, of women in, in action in Hollywood today. Um, I grew up on a background of sort of like watching Hong Kong cinema and Moon Lee and Michelle Yao were like, you know, two of my favorites in that genre. And some of that has transferred over to Hollywood in the past, but now we're seeing a lot more women leading action franchises. And I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts about it because you're definitely a part of this, this pantheon of, of women in action in Hollywood. So I'm wondering what your Thank perspective you. is. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I still think we have a long way to go for women in, in the action sphere. Um, I remember growing up, I, you mentioned Michelle Yeoh. I, one of my favorite fights that's ever been on a film is Michelle Yeoh versus Zhang Zi in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Two women at the top of their game, two different weapon styles. I, I, I mean, it must be, must be 200 fight beats long. It's so long and incredible. Mm. And you can see it's the actresses. Yeah, there are doubles, but it's the actresses and they're just absolutely killing it. There's so many emotional beats, phenomenal. When I started doing action in Hollywood, I was constantly having to fight because like they, 
I remember begging to have a fight scene with a woman and they always said, well, we want you to fight men to showcase how strong you are. And I was always saying, I don't need to fight a man to showcase how strong I am. Like, that's not my point. And then it's so sad when you see these woman on woman action scenes and it's like sexualized or, I mean, that's the tone thing and there's room for everything, but mm-hmm. the, the, the approach is so different in, in the East versus the West. Uh, so I, I remember on Iron Fist, I was always fighting them. Like, please give me a, give me a fight scene with a woman. Give me a fight scene with a woman. They eventually did. Uh, and I got to fight this incredible, incredible martial artist, Ming. It was really fun, actually. One of my favorite fight scenes I did on that show. But there's definitely a long way to go. Yeah, there definitely, definitely is. Have, have you seen any, any films that have come out in the last five or 10 years that you really think are like top, action films featuring women like I know uh Chad worked on um Atomic Blonde for example um Mm -hmm. which is a pretty good one but I'm wondering if you've seen any that have really caught your attention hmm have I seen anything that's really caught my attention it's not a pure action role but Charlize Theron and Mad Max oh yeah like blew yeah. away I remember I, I remember I went to the cinema to see it and I went back the next day to see it again and that's really really rare for me because there's so many films in so little time but I was like no I have to go see it uh and I know that she only has like two or three fight scenes in that but she kills it I mean you know she obviously did Atomic Blonde as well she is strong and she looks strong and it's so great to see like she's got muscles and is just going toe to toe um and she's so aggressive and, and it's not pretty. And yeah, I, I, I loved, I loved her in that. And I think it's, it's, it's good that Hollywood is letting women be sort of gritty and dirty and, you know, not everything is going to be like beautiful, like La Femme Nikita, which is a great action film. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the, the definition of what action is, it, a lot of people think it relates to martial arts, but it doesn't like action is action and it is what it is. And so uh, I'm glad that you really pointed that out. But what I wanted to talk about next is your your career trajectory has been really interesting because you've done a lot of different things in a lot of different genres. Do you have a favorite type of genre you like to work in or are you more attracted to characters or projects, directors? For me, I mean, I it changes regularly. I always say it's character first, and I think it always will be character first, but there's a time and a place for everything. I, the reason I chose Knives Out was more that I just wanted to shadow Ryan, the director. I just wanted to watch him. I wanted to see these amazing actors go, go toe-to-toe, Daniel Craig, Edwin Norton, um so for me it was more of a learning experience and that's why I chose that um yeah it changes I in terms of what genre I like I know it looks like I always go for fantasy and sci-fi but I really try and do other things it's just those are the most famous projects and and I I do return back to it a lot I think because um for me there's something nostalgic about it uh when I was a kid I wasn't popular and Mm -hmm. I remember I I had a hard time at school and my escape was really books like Mm -hmm. fantasy books um 
growing up lord of the rings harry potter all of these things i would i i remember i would i would get bullied on the bus going to school because i was reading mm-hmm. in fairness i was reading books like as big as my torso mm-hmm. <laughs> i was making myself a target but uh yeah it provided such solace to me i i think that's why i keep returning to the genre it's it's just really interesting when you brought up the bullied thing because <laughs> it's just so funny because a lot of the things that we read you know when we were kids are now mainstream and everybody's like has attached themselves to mm-hmm. it like I used to read manga a lot and like mm-hmm. people used to make fun of me and you know you know how do you understand that foreign stuff and now it's like all popular I'm like oh I got bullied so that you can have a good time no problem <laughs> I'm happy for you you're ahead of it, you're ahead of it. And so not like working with, 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 you know, Keanu Reeves and, and Carrie Ann Moss, who are like two of, you know, the mainstays in, in the action genre, what was it like to sort of interact with them? Yeah, the, fir- the first time I met Carrie Ann was actually when we were on the Netflix stuff together, because she obviously played Hogarth, the lawyer. Phenomenal. She's so good in that. And I remember kind of freaking out when I first met her, like, oh my God, that's Trinity. Uh, But she's so welcoming and calm and lovely and really, really sweet. You know, when we filmed, we were all away from home and we were in isolation during filming because of COVID. And and I started to really struggle towards the end. Mm. Like I I just missed my family so much and I felt really alone and, um, Carrie-Anne would, could sense it, I guess, because she would just go, okay, today you're coming around to my house. And I'd be like, no, no, it's okay, I don't have to. She's like, no, you're coming around to my house. And I would go there and she would be like, I've made you toast. And she would butter my toast for me. (laughs) Like practically spoon feeding me, just so wonderful and exactly what I needed because I missed my mom and she was like being a mom to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I could have got through this film without her, honestly, and got through that year. Uh, and Keanu is lovely. It's not news. He's incredibly generous and kind. And I think the things that surprised me were, were how funny he is and how intellectual. He, he doesn't really do small talk, but we would have these really deep chats on the side of set of like... <laughs> what's at the bottom of the ocean and what do you think aliens exist? And it's kind of uncommon for onset, uh, onset chats, the green room chats. That's, that's, I mean, you know, you hear, uh, you hear nothing but good things about Carrie Ann Moss and, and Keanu Reeves. And uh, it's the, a lot of people seem to want to work with them. So it seems like a dream come true. So uh, I'm kind of jealous uh, in that aspect as I'd love to, to work with them as well. What do you what do you hope that people who watch this new Matrix film um, would have? I would say, what are three things you're hoping that they actually get out of it? Because you know, it's a new generation of people being exposed to the Matrix. Um, you know, a lot of Gen Zers are like, "Oh, what's the Matrix?" and they're sort of just now discovering what that is. Mm-hmm. But what do you what do you hope that they get out of the experience? I mean, I think this latest edition is bringing up the same topics that were relevant then and are even more relevant now, 
humanity's relationship with technology, whether we are on the treadmill, so to speak, whether life is a bit of a treadmill, all of these questions are, are, are super topical. But I think that what's different about this one is that it, it does have a sense of hope that feels necessary. I'm not sure if, if we'd come out with a film which was just like the original Matrix and really dark and green and black and, and just depressing. I, I don't know if it would really resonate with anyone. This is, it's been such a hard year. It's Christmas time. Like the, the, the message behind this film is really about love and, and how it trans transcends time and space. And I think that's what people are craving right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And is there one thing that you will take from the experience of working on the film? uh that you can or sort of like a lesson or anything you've learned from character or working on the film that will stick with you as you move through your career oh that's a hard one that's a really hard one I took lots and lots of lessons I mean I learned a lot I about what kind of actor I want to be and what kind of director I want to be like I, I definitely took a lot away on a practical level but I hope that I hope that I am able to man maintain that sense of playfulness that Keanu has when he's on mm -hmm. set. Um, he said the other day, like that he lives for the moments between action and cut. He just comes alive, and that's really rare to see in an actor who's been in the business as long as he has. A lot of the other act, older actors I've worked with do get kind of jaded and their walls go up and they're protective as a response to the way the world treats them. And, and Keanu's not like that. He's so open and he's just a, he's a kid in a toy shop. And yeah, I hope that I hope that I can be like that when I've been working as long as he has. <laughs> well, you, 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 you know, I was going to end it there, but you said something that was really important. And you say what kind of director you want to be. So is that in your future, in your near future, in your far future? Are you looking to definitely turn a leaf and become a director? Uh, I actually just directed my first short. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just tip, dipping in the water. But yeah, I, I do think that I will. I you know, the people who inspire me are obviously from back home, the Phoebe Waller-Bridges and Michaela Coles, like these women who are creating the stories that they want to see that they feel aren't being told. And I, I hope I could do that and um, create something very specific to what I'm able to bring. So yeah, watch this space. Ah, watch this space. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your journey. Um, you know, things are about to take off, especially when the Matrix drops next week. Everybody's going to be talking about you and what you're going to be doing. Thank you. I'm Thank looking you. forward to your uh, trajectory and seeing how that journey plays out and, you know, how your directing is going. So watch this space as well. Uh, oh, thank you. It's so nice to finally meet you as well. Like I've it's been nice reading for a while. So yeah, it's nice to, you know, make connections and have you as, as our first guest. Um, you really are one of my favorite rising stars and I look forward to maybe, you know, coming back around again and talking about, you know, more things that you're working on. So thank yeah. you. 
Thank you. Hopefully next time we can do it in person. Yeah.